All right, Missionary, Missionary Enterprises, Missionary Aid International, in association with Deliverance Spiritual Ministry in Kisi, Kenya, Africa, and it was a real pleasure to do a, uh, our first one. Anyhow, they want me to do some more in this uh, the city of Kisi. Um, always heard about it. I got other contacts in that city. And uh, what makes this video or this teaching maybe uh, really stand out a little bit to me anyhow is because I had to get up early to do this teaching, obviously, because there's an eight-hour difference, and they couldn't get together uh, too late, so I had to get up a little bit earlier. And right before I woke up, I had a dream, big dream, long dream. And uh, anyhow, I was walking, I, I pulled up with my Denali, so I was born again, and uh, walked into this huge building that was under construction, work construction for 23 years. So I started walking around in it. This thing was so big. Um, it was under construction. I mean, some the guys, the tradesmen were there. You can tell the pipes and the, the ductwork and all the stuff and the concrete walls and a lot of the floors weren't even uh, cement yet. Walking around, I finally made my way all the way back uh, to the building. I couldn't believe how long this building. I've been in some pretty big buildings in my 23 years of construction. And then it was wide. And then I think the guy told me it was four, four floors high. That's huge. So, so I'm, I'm making my way back to get out, to go get to my vehicle, to go home. Um, couldn't find my way out. The, the place was so big. And I say all of that is because I wasn't too sure about the interpretation of it. And then when I began to do the teaching for the brothers and sisters in Kisi, the first thing that the pastor, Pastor John, he began to do, because we're online, he began to show me, um, they're just, I guess, renovating their building, but he mentioned the word construction, uh, something like that. We're under construction, we're reconstructing things, whatever. So I'm kind of going, wow, this is this is too much coincidence, you know? So I know that the Lord gave me that regarding Missionary Prize. It's, it's under construction. A lot of things happening. It's big. It's going to be big. It's going to be significant. Um, so very encouraged about this. So this teaching is called Newness of Life in Christ, the Last Adam. I love these kinds of teaching. And I wrote here, introduction. I wrote here, Pastor John had asked me to do a teaching on life. On life. And that's all he said. So, um, which I really appreciate when he mentioned this word life, because why? Because life is something all of us experience, all right? Not just once we come out of our mother's womb, but even from conception, there's life there. Now, we may not be conscious of that. Obviously, we're in the mother's womb, but I heard some people, they come out, and later on, year, a few years later, they actually remember, uh, they have recollection of being in the mother's womb. All right, I believe in that. Absolutely, I believe in that. God can do that too. So that's what we're going to be looking at. And so whether you're a sinner or a saint alike, uh, you'll experience life until you die physically. But even once you do die physically, uh, you will go on experiencing eternal life in hell. And I explained that, all right, which is actually called eternal death, meaning you will go on living. You will go on living. So there's life there, right? yet in eternal torment, misery, and in heaven, which is called eternal life, living in eternal joy, bliss, peace, etc. 
So therefore, in many ways, I will say that life never ends. It just never ends, meaning there will be no end or ending to life as we know it. Yes, here on the earth, but not into the afterlife as we know it. Yet it will come to an abrupt to end, an abrupt end upon planet earth, guaranteed. All right? So life is something that mankind has taken for granted. And Okay, anyhow. Uh, granted, meaning most people on this planet do not value life. I'll explain that. I'll unpack that. Or put much value upon life because most take God for granted since apart from God, there would be no such thing as life as we know it. And when I say mankind, I'm basically referring to fallen mankind, uh, fallen man. Yet I still see far too many Christians uh, who don't value life as much as they should because they are still immature, carnal, worldly-minded, walking by sight. Just take a look around you or in movies, um, social media, social news, news media, world events, etc. We're surrounded by what? Life? No, we're surrounded by death, all right? Um, of all forms, all kinds of deaths out there. Physical death, emotional death, spiritual death. We're surrounded by spiritually dead men walking, as some say. Uh, until you've learned to put much value on the giver of life, on the giver of life, and the book of life. Now, this is not the book of life that's going to be open in the in the great white throne judgment, but it's still, this is called the book of life, all right? Uh, value on the giver of life himself. You will never, ever value life as you should. Impossible, all right? Uh, the Lord told me years ago to get my foundation right, uh, regarding his words so that I could get the rest of his word right and accurate and not wrong. Therefore, let's begin with the foundation of where and how life began, meaning its origins, its beginnings. All right, so let's go to Genesis 2-7 uh, in the book of Genesis at the beginning. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Now, very interesting is James 2.26. I added that because the Bible, James 2.26 says that the spirit, uh, the body without the spirit, it's dead. All right? So once the human spirit leaves the human body, that's it. All right? The body is dead, and that's what happened. I mean, Adam was basically, he was dead until he breathed into his nostrils. I added James 2.26 to prove that even once God created the first human body of Adam, Adam was still not alive or living or a living being, but was basically dead physically, all right? Not spiritually, uh, but physically. So note, God is the author of life and not death. In other words, when you see any kind of death, guaranteed it has nothing to do with God. Everything you see around the world, everything, I just mean everything, the drug addictions, the cartels, the sex trade, all of that, God has nothing to do with that. He wants to change it. Furthermore, he wants to change all of that because this is what the cross was all about regarding the plan of salvation, the plan of riddance, the plan of redemption, the plan of reversal. All right, fallen man and the God of this world are the, are the authors of death. All right, if you look up the word redemption in the New, New Testament original languages, it carries the idea of reversal. All right, as well as riddance. That's why I call it the plan of riddance or the plan of reversal. At the cross, God reversed and got rid of everything not of God for mankind. Yet positionally, 
meaning we have to receive it by faith because it's all by grace, all right? So you can't add nothing to grace except for your faith, except for believing what he's already done for you, the cross, all right? So let's go, let's move on to Genesis 2, 9. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So I wrote here, the tree of life is still available for us to eat from by walking by faith. As long as you keep on walking by sight, you will still be eating from the wrong tree. God freely gave mankind all kinds of trees to eat from, yet at the center of the garden, he put two different kinds of trees, telling us what tree to eat from and what tree not to eat from, all right? Uh, as well as telling us why, all right? A lot of parents, they tell their kids, don't do this and don't do that, but they don't tell them why. Well, you got to tell them why so they can learn, all right? Uh, and believe it or not, both of these trees are still available for us to eat from, yet not physically, but spiritually. And the way you eat from the tree of life is by walking by faith, yet by yet walking by sight is how you partake of the forbidden tree, or the forbidden true, uh, fruit, which is the tree of death, all right? Those of the first Adam have no choice but to eat from the tree of death until they get saved, unlike those of us of the second Adam, yet far too many that are in Christ, in their union with Christ, are still eating from the wrong tree by walking by sight. And that's why they're walking in death. They, all, all, everything that's happening in their lives, there's no life. There's no, there's no life of God in it. The walk of sight is a dangerous walk leading to all kinds of deaths. God warned Adam... If he ate from the, this forbidden tree, he would die, not only physically, but spiritually. Adam died spiritually, and then eventually he died physically. Far too many are still saying to this day that God tempted man with that forbidden tree, which is not true according to James 1.13, but gave man the choice telling him what to choose or not to in context with man's free moral agency, the law of sowing and reaping. The devil is the tempter. Not God, the devil's the tempter, Genesis 3, read Genesis 3, 1 Thessalonians 3, 5, and Luke 4, where Jesus was led into the uh, led into the gar uh, the garden, into the wilderness uh, to be tempted, right? Sinners and saints alike are making choices every single day, yet most are making the wrong choices and don't even know it and wonder why they are experiencing the consequences of those bad choices. Yeah, they wonder why. Well, look what you've been sowing. Just look at what you've been sowing. Saints have access to the book of life to make the right choices. This is the called the book of life. It really is, all right? Uh, to make the right choices and live and not die. Anytime the Spirit or the Word of God tells you to do not to do something or not to go somewhere, yet you're still going there and doing that, you're eating from the wrong tree, all right? And this is why the Old Testament, New Testament alike are full of warnings for sinners as well as saints. Epistle warnings is a perfect example, uh, epistle to the Hebrews, all right? This is key to walking in this newness of life in Christ, the second Adam. We need to learn what it takes to walk 
live and direct our lives in our union with Christ or else we will walk as if we are still in union with the first Adam. I remember I came across that by Dave Robeson. I could not believe it. It made so much sense. He said, you got two, you got two people. One's born again. The other one's not born again. And both are living in sin. Both are living in sickness. Both are living in poverty, lack, whatever. Both are struggling. Yeah, but one's born again. The other one's not born again. Something wrong. Yeah. And then he unpacks that regarding the old man and things like that. Let's go to Genesis 2, 16 and 17. 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die and not live. That's what he meant. God told man what to do. Yet he still went ahead and did it. All right. Wow. Man is the author of his own death. All right. And not God nor the devil. Just read Genesis 6, 5 to 7 and 11 and 12. It's huge. Don't have time to get into that. Read it, please. This is what the world looked like right before God flooded the whole earth because of man and not even the serpent, even though the serpent was still around. Of course, the God of this world was there. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil can also be called the tree of death, like I mentioned before. And this is what happened when Adam and Eve walked by sight and not by faith. Genesis 3.6. She saw. She saw. This tree looked really good. It looked really good. Like many things in life, yet God will tell us not to eat of it, since it will... It, if we do, it will, not be, it will be to our own destruction and to our own demise. We need to learn to walk according to what God's Word says and what the Spirit says and not what we see and hear. Romans 5.12 is a perfect example. It's foundational in understanding the fall of man and the consequences when it comes to the origins or genesis of death instead of life. And of course, we have the very first record of death between two human beings, brothers, by the way, Cain and Abel regarding the crime of murder and not killing. Genesis 4. And we've been surrounded, flooded by all kinds of crime ever since, and things are not getting better. Ye have, yet we have all kinds of people saying that the Bible is a book of fairy tales or is irrelevant. Well, they're dead wrong. No pun intended, but they're dead wrong. Let's move on to Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight, eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health, medicine, to all their flesh. They are life, not death. This life that God has for all of us is conditional, based upon what it says in verse 20 and 21, as well as verse 22 with the words, find them, those who find them. This is everywhere in the Old Testament, New Testament alike. Did you know that salvation is conditional, yet God's love is unconditional? <laughs> God never contradicts himself like man. Many will say this is a contradiction, but it's not. It's a paradox. Jesus died for all and not just some. Mankind. Jesus died for all of mankind. Uh, we get into unlimited versus limited atonement, uh, yet positionally. But you need to hear about it as well as receiving it. Romans 10 and John 1, 
12 and 13, those who received, they believed, right? Those who believed, they received, right? God gave them the authority, the power to become sons, children of God. John 10, 10, big one here. The thief comes, does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy. That's called death to me. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it life more abundantly. Note, we have far too many Christians who blame God for the things the devil does in their lives. Jesus did not come as a thief, yet he is coming back as a thief in the night. First uh, Thessalonians 5.2, that's very different. But this life in abundance is not just once we get into heaven, but here and now, all available by faith. Everything's available by faith. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good or bringing life and light and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Note, where there is death, God wants to bring life. Where there's darkness, God wants to bring light. Where there's sickness, infirmity, disease, God wants to bring healing. Wholeness and well-being, where there is brokenness, where there's bondage, God wants to bring freedom, all right? And we, as his body, are to do the very same things to a very, very dark world, or God wants to do it through us as the body of Christ. Romans 6, 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That's where I got the title, uh, the topic from, uh, where it mentions newness of life here. This newness of life began in our recreated spirit, but it needs to be transferred over into the soul. Romans 12:2, Ephesians 4:22 to 24. Man is spirit, has a body, lives in a physical body. 1 Thessalonians 5:23. God created man in his own image. Genesis 1:27 uh, 2:7. By creating man as a spiritual being, since God is spirit. John 4:24. Once our spirit has experienced regeneration, Titus 3.5, the soul will need to experience renewing, what we call renewing or transformation, as well as salvation, James 1.21, regarding who, what we are in Christ, what belongs in Christ, what belongs to us in Christ, what we can do in Christ. The new Adam, since we are no longer in union with the first Adam. Colossians 3.3 3 and 4. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Note, the very life of Jesus belongs to each one of us who are born of the same spirit, born with the same new nature as Jesus was according to his humanity, as God's firstborn son from the dead, Colossians 1, uh, 15 and 18. Jesus, as the second Adam, was the very first human born, first human being born to be born in 4,000 years since the fall of man, alive to God, unlike everyone else around him, as well as everyone else on this planet Earth who were spiritually dead in their trespasses. Ephesians 2, uh, Ephesians 2, chapter 2. Because of the sin and death nature, unlike Jesus, being born of the Spirit with the divine or the new nature. 
which he made available to the rest of mankind via the gospel, via the new birth. Uh, the first Adam was also alive to God before he died spiritually. And we're almost done here. Since, since there is this newness of life, there has to be an oldness of life, which is why we have many references in the New Testament regarding the old man or the flesh that needs to be crucified or carnality put off, Colossians 3, 5, Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. God never intended for mankind to have this old man or to experience any kind of death, decay, misery whatsoever. Never, ever, never his intent whatsoever. This is man's doing and not God nor the devil, Genesis 2.15 and Genesis 3.22 and 24. The old man represents the fall of man as well as death, decay, sin, corruption, evil, darkness, and crime in which we are surrounded. We're flooded with this garbage. All right. So anyhow, I want to thank you and uh, I encourage you to learn what it takes to walk in the fullness of your sonship by learning what it takes to walk in the fullness of the grace of God as well as the faith of God because it's your faith that gives access to the grace of God. Shalom and amen.